and welcome to Anne and Steve Talk Stuff, the podcast where an artist and an economist walk into a podcast and talk about strange things that make the world go round. So I am your artist in question, Anne Blake, and the economist in question is Professor Stephen Kinsler. Uh, I'm going to start, I realise I haven't been introducing you that way, but uh, I am going to do that forever now. It's really okay. Um, I, I, I've, got to, I've got to say, you get to the, the rank of professor and... Um, it feels amazing because it took 25 years or something most of the time to do it. Um, and you sort of go, everyone will call me professor. And then it doesn't matter after about two days. It's fine. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I think um, it's well, well earned. So oh, you, like, there, there are none of them that aren't. Um, it's, yeah. it's, um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a thing. There is a, there's, there's a whole show. There's a whole show we could do on titles um, where, uh, where I could tell you at the time I met a man called the Magnificent Herbert, and that was his title. His title was the Magnificent. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the rector of a university in Austria. He was like the president of a university in Austria, and he was called the Magnificent. That's a title. It's a title. Like how Professor long does it take Stephen Kinsler. His name was the Magnificent Herbert, whatever. And how long does it take to become magnificent or the magnificent? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He was a, he was an older he was an older he was an older gentleman. I, he, I didn't ask him how long he had been magnificent for. Well, well I mean, uh, surely that's a destination you can aspire to. You know, you're a professor now. Is the magnificent in the future? I mean, maybe. I mean, I guess the highest you can get to in UL is president. You become okay. a president. We only have one of those. Um, okay. She's doing a pretty good job. So yeah, I think, I think we leave her at it. Um, I'm going to ask you right now, Stephen Kinn, so while I have you on the line, are you declaring your candidacy for president of the University of Limerick? No, that's not how it works. <laughs> that's not how it works at all. No, 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 I, I can't see a world when I become the president of UL somehow. Um, now, I know just before, I, I'm throwing a bit of a spanner in the works here because I do this sometimes. We had a chat beforehand what we we're going to chat about, and we may yet chat about that. But something just came into my mind and it's something we've been covering <laughs> something we've been covering you just changed your mind i know but that's look we, we, maybe this is just an idea well you just said an idea for a titles episode so that's that, that's, that fair, that's fair that's fair so we have been following the progression or the lack of progression of limerick's directly elected mayor oh yeah now do you want to talk about that yeah, let's, do it. You let's do okay. it let's do it let's do it let's do it because I just heard, uh, well, just, I mean, my idea of breaking news is probably last week or something. Um, but that Dublin is get, gonna get one. And everyone's oh. like, wow, this amazing thing. And we're like Hello. waving our hands in the Hello. air. Hello. <laughs> was, it was it 20, what year did we vote? Oh, it was pre COVID for sure. It was, for sure. It was, it was 2019, wasn't it? Mm, mm, All right, mm. yeah. Anyway, Limerick, if for anyone tuning in who isn't one of our three listeners or has just joined us, uh, Limerick is a city in the southwest of Ireland, and we voted before the the pandemic. Uh, we had a little um, like plebiscite. A plebiscite, yeah, very exciting. Mm -hmm. And we voted that we wanted a directly elected mayor. Go through our episodes. Stephen went into a lot of detail about what that role is in case you've any confusion um basically someone really accountable and uh, you know accessible who's in charge of things and can make differences in a city rather than deferring to the capital yeah. so dublin's getting one of these everyone's like wow imagine that 
and in Limerick we're like we have voted for this and we're waiting for it and so what has happened will it happen what's going on Stephen so I'll tell you the 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 program the, the directly elected mayor uh um is in is the biggest innovation in state and local government um in ireland in a century it's a massive change like it's it's something that were it to be copied elsewhere in ireland it would be revolutionary um and so therefore uh uh there's been a lot of talk about the powers that this person has that's a very important point um and uh, how much of a budget will they have? What will they be able to command? Will they be able to, will they be basically just a kind of a shiny, uh, uh, overpaid lobbyist, you know, with one or two people, or will they be a power broker? Will they actually have what we used to, what, you know, if you watch the wire, they said, they, they said, you know, does he have suction? And like, well, like, will they have suction? Will they be able to get things done? And, mm. and I've been following the progress of the bill that gives effect to the powers of the um, the mayor. So, the suction. You know, how much suction will this person have? And it's really quite interesting. It's really, really quite interesting because, um, you know, there, there, and there's been implementation advisory boards and there's been loads of stuff going on. But, but, but basically, basically, basically. The person is able to develop a program for local government in Limerick to say, this is what we want to do. Mm -hmm. um, they draft the budget of the local authority. Um, and then um, they, they, they work with the council. They don't lead the council um, to actually enact these things. It also gives a, a, a hugely beefed up role to the role of the chief executive because it takes some of their powers right? The mayor takes some of the powers of the current chief executive to make the budget and do things. Um, and it, it, it also, um, it also makes a, it makes a series of recommendations about what this, how, how this person is able to work with the national government. So for example, if the, uh, I think it's once a year, the local elected, the local mayor, the directly elected mayor can actually force a meeting with the minister for housing, uh, you know that kind of thing. Uh, he can convene a meeting, so you can you you know you can be waiting for on a meeting for a long time uh, uh, if you want one with the minister. If they don't want to meet you, they just don't meet you. Um, so that that's what's happened. Uh, the, there's a couple of issues that 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 sort of it, it makes it much more difficult. Um, in London, for example, the mayor is responsible for transport and policing. And the mayor is responsible for all the environmental stuff that goes on and some health matters. So it doesn't seem like this mayor is going to be able to change, let's say, a bus route. Uh, really? Yeah, it doesn't seem like the mayor is going, because that's the National Transport Authority, right? Um, it doesn't seem like the mayor is going to have any powers over policing. That's the guards. It doesn't seem like the mayor is going to have, you know, powers are important. Mm. It's not like, of course, these people will meet the mayor. Right, but the mayor has no power to compel them to do things. Okay, and that's not good. So effectively, the mayor is a kind of a lobbyist for Limerick. Right now, this is a very good thing because you know when the when you know uh, when um, the big multinationals want to come and visit here, they'll go meet the mayor. 
mm-hmm. right? When um, interest groups want to agitate for changes to their, to the, you know, we, we need we need a road, we don't need a road, we, we need more guards, we don't have enough guards, the mayor is there to listen to them and make things yeah. happen. And that's the point of a directly elected mayor. That person who has executive authority over services is directly accountable to the people. So they're much closer to them. Um, and they're able to say to people, people are able to say, listen, I, I actually need you to fix this. And they're there to do that. Now, the question about powers, it relates directly to, directly to the question of candidates. Mm-hmm. So if the job is just show up, look pretty, say nice things, heck off. That's actually what the current mayor does. Yeah. Current mayor, you know, we don't need to go through a big exercise that'll cost millions and then hire somebody on a junior minister salary with a, with a, with a cabinet of three or four people. So probably like half a million quid a year in order to show up and look pretty. We already have that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, the, 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 the ideal candidate is somebody who's actually run something before and this is something yeah this is something you did say uh on the previous episode like it's not about i've been a councillor or i've been in local government it's like i know how to run things yeah 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 and it's also about saying to so i mean it might be a sitting politician that gets elected whoever gets elected gets elected that's great Mm. it's about saying look if you're if you're a candidate, if you're somebody who, let's say, you really love Limerick, you want to make it better, and it's not just the city, by the way, it's the whole city and county. The whole county. Yeah. Um, you want to make it better. You you care about it. Uh, but you you you're a busy person. You've got options. You're probably making mm-hmm. a lot more money than this mayor thing will will give you, right? Um, why would you do this? It not to show up and take pictures because that gets boring after a while right what what are you going to mm. do what can you do um it's quite a long term as well it's another important point it's about seven years right. so it's, so it's um it's quite a long term which means that sorry the first one is, is seven years which yeah. means that um the incumbent will be there for quite a while yeah if they don't fail out so yeah and is is uh, just a quick question because i remember when you talked about what the role was meant to be a number of years ago when when we spoke about it first um and that the changes got made so it got down it got stripped of power the the role would that be right yeah so the heads of the bill i think the last um time we spoke about this the heads of the bill had been published and Mm. i and a couple of others went you know, we went tanto on it because we were saying, "My God, you know, this thing has been completely stripped back from what mm-hmm. the lo- from the implementation plan." And you know, at the time, it was kind of summer, maybe three years ago, I think, mm. and um, or two years ago, and it was just really clear to me that it just wasn't it wasn't what the people had voted for, mm. uh. Because there is, there was a an outline of what it was people were voting for. Yeah, you know, and uh, people didn't just go, yeah, mayor, sound. You know, that's that's not what happened, right? It was yeah. there was a, a a schema. So this is m- much pared back, and the reason it was much pared back was very simple. They sent a junior minister in to argue for the reduction of powers with 
some of the most powerful and cynical people in the state who went, thanks, lad, back off. So the transport people, Department of Transport were like, no. The the, the, Depart the, the Department of Justice were like, no. Uh, you know, everyone was went, no offense, we're not handing the policing of the state over to some rando. That's not how it, you know, whoever shows up, it could be an amazing candidate of extraordinary ability. It could be a dope. You don't know, right? Mm. Um, you don't know. And there is this separation between the person who decides and the person who delivers. Yeah. And they, and here, that, that me it's meshed. And because it's never been done before, they want to take it handy. Okay. They want to take it handy. I, I see the logic. Honestly, I do see the logic. I see the, I see the care that's being taken, but I also just see the power, the power play at work too. Yeah, and not wanting to cede power. Yeah, no, of course not. And not wanting to cede power on very significant matters. I mean, mm. you know, you talk about bus lanes, but if it is the case that we're able to run run the bus service better in Limerick than in Cork, that yeah. embarrasses the NTA, right? I I think the NTA are prob are doing a pretty good job actually. Um, they're 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 pretty uh, they're pretty pretty good people. So what if it, what if it turns out that we're do we do we end up doing a worse job mm. in Limerick? You know, uh, the NTA are going to have to be, be brought in to fix it all, right? So that's another very good argument for not seeding for not, immediately. And I see your good argument, and I throw it back in your face. And that being that people who are not in a place making decisions about it, obviously you need that on some level, but things like transport and what people need. Uh, okay, for example. I remember a number of years ago, um, my wife ran in the local election, not local, whoops, the general election. And I went to a few um, hustings and uh, we were in my Ross at one point. And there was a group of old women. I might have even told the story before. Older women just talking about how their bus route got randomly changed, randomly by someone in Dublin. And they now could no longer do anything because yeah. the bus did not go near their house are in you know it, it it just did not serve them anymore and they were asking these candidates if they got elected could they maybe talk to the person who changed the bus route and it's real rigmarole and i mean to me as someone living in limerick um it's very clear sometimes when you're looking at decisions made uh even by local council that they're being made by people who don't live here yes. because of the lack of forward thinking the lack of practical day-to-day -day living whereas if you're if you're you just moved house Stephen. if you if you make any decision about your house it's from your day-to-day -day use and it's from your it is affecting you if there is a tap randomly on a wall or inaccessible when you want to like wash your cup and it's you randomly have to go up two stairs to get to a tap do, do you know like that's something that affects you whereas what really appeals to me about this directly Mara directly elected mayor with power is a person who is literally seeing what's wrong yep. and what's and what's working too so that if something is in the interest of a group maybe who wants something changed and are giving a maybe a good argument for it but actually i don't know it, it, it's a building maybe that somebody wants for a purpose but I'm giving a bad example but I suppose it's very clear if you live somewhere or if you're in that place a lot 
what's working, what isn't. And we, as I said, this this transport issue, for example, is this one little moment that someone in Dublin randomly changed a bus route. And like I often think it's <laughs> the things that kill you are not uh, often big events. It's little niggly things that just make your life more difficult, like kind of Chinese water torture, mm. just chipping away at you. And these women of an elderly nature were completely disempowered and now mm. could not get to where they needed to go. And they had no one directly they could talk to. Yep. Yep. And and actually, interestingly, there isn't someone in Limerick that you can ring up and be like, hey, fix my bus route. And there, there just aren't. There aren't mm-hmm. local bus planners. Um, now, what what is very interesting is when the council does um, consultations. So I've been part of these consultations now. When the council does consultations, things like um, adding in a bus lane. Yeah. It is so interesting who shows up, right? The people who show up are are the the most interested people, right? And on, on all sides, so the people who are like the most pro cycle lane people you'd ever meet, like they literally show up in cycle shorts, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then and then you have anti cycle lane people. I had never met anyone who was anti cycle lanes until I participated in this thing. It was bonkers. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I just assumed cycle lanes were like a vaguely good thing and you should probably, you know, have more of them. Turns out, no, they're they're the devil to some people. They're absolutely <laughs> the devil. Like, like they're just like cycle lanes because, because cycle lanes kill trees and trees are what help the world. I mean, there's a whole set of arguments about why cycle lanes are just bad. Um, <laughs> and all of which is interesting because you're not there necessarily to debate the merits or demerits of cycle lanes. Um, what you are there to do is to talk about maybe, you know, a road widening or whatever. And it, it is really interesting because every, all policy, all policy, everything from telecoms to uh, land use to every, to, 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 to satellite technology, to, to roads, to everything, all policies local. Because it, yeah, it's grand until it, it, until it meets you. You know, you go, you go, you you're like, oh, we're going, we need, we need to ro- widen the road. You're like, well, you're not taking my garden away. Yeah, you know, best of luck with that, uh, and so forth. You know, yeah, and, yeah. You'll, and you'll keep going with that stuff until mm. essentially people stop allowing it. You know what I mean? And so it, the, the 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 beauty of the directly elected mayor is it, there is somebody to, to shout at. To go. <laughs> um, Can we have someone to shout at, please? That's all I want. <laughs> yeah, um, like there are, and there there are street by street level problems that this person will have to solve. You know, like and and remember, you, you know, it's it's not just a, it's not just a, um, it's not just a Limerick City thing. Limerick City because it's the oh, yeah. biggest area, the biggest, the densest area. Will will absorb a lot of the person's time. I'm sure they'll be based there and so forth. But this person has to be. They're directly elected by the people of Newcastle West to solve Newcastle West problems. I mean, there's a yeah. bunch of. I was talking to somebody recently about the about the problem of like job creation, and basically, you know, um, there's essentially two limericks, and East Limerick has absolutely loads of jobs, loads and loads and loads of jobs, FDI jobs, etc. And West Limerick has nothing. 
right? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you basically, you go beyond Raheem and you basically get nothing. Um, and so, so how do you do a version of balanced regional development in Limerick? So an FDI rocks up and they're like, oh my God, we're like the next Microsoft, cool. Open AI show up and they're like, hey, how's it going? You know, we want to locate. And you're like, okay, grand, Croom. <laughs> you know, and they're going, oh, what about the city? You know, you know, they go, no, 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 we're going on here. Do you, you, you know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. that kind of thing. So, so yeah. 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 And, and with all, with all that in mind, so what's the story now on the going to the macro out from the micro what what's happening so dublin's getting a directly elected mayor at some point are we yeah so so this is so the other thing that, that, is, that is important is um is that the directly elected mayor is an idea from leo varadkar right so it's a very specific person behind um it's a very specific person um behind this he really 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 wants this to to happen right mm -hmm. um uh, and it's absolutely that's very good and very bad it's very good because he's the teacher of the country so he has enormous power like it, it always it has always struck me that ministers when they leave office are always shocked by how much power they didn't use right yeah i've met many 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 ministers and many 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 ex-ministers all of them say some version of i had no idea how much power i had wow the Taoiseach is an incredibly powerful person he can mm -hmm. command or they can command they command quite literally the resources of the state the billions of euros of the state they can just command it to happen and yeah. And it does, and you know, very often they very like it's, like it's 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 quite shocking how 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 shocked they are when things go wrong, um, you know. And it, he wants it, so does that mean it'll happen? Yeah, so he wants it, so it should happen. But he also has to go through a process. That's what's happening. Um, and you know, there there may if the election, if, if a general election happens between now and the local elections, well then. That's that. It probably won't happen after that. It won't become a priority. There's no indication that it's a priority for the Social Democrats or Sinn Fein or you know, It's not a. It's not a. It's not a. Um, what's the word? It's not a. It's not a, a personal priority for any of them. You know? Do you know the way? Like this. Like like environmental issues are are at the heart of the Green Party. Yeah. And Sinn Fein really 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 don't have any interest in it mm -hmm. like there's just you can't detect any interest in green issues in Sinn Féin policy at all and they 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 routinely mouth phrases like climate justice and if you say something like specifically what would you do in relation to agricultural emissions there's nothing right mm -hmm. nothing and it's the same with Fianna Fáil. you bring it that down to the directly elected mayors of Limerick uh, or, or even Dublin, there's no particular interest in it, apart from winning the seat if it if it happens. Yeah. Of course. Well, well, Bertie is lurking, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indeed. But of course, every every particular um, political party will decide that um, will will think that it's theirs to win. Mm. Um, you know. You know. Um, uh, uh, you know um, so yeah. But is it and and so we. 
we've talked about this. We we think it's we're in agreement, you and me, Steve, that it'd be a good it would be a good thing uh, for it to happen, and that it would benefit. I suppose that it would benefit the the locals, but also it might have a knock on effect on the country and accountability, and around how everything could be run a bit more efficiently. Um, but now, is it, I suppose, what, I, what I'd be curious about, is it something that is just likely to disappear at some point, or is it, is it likely that they will just let it kind of slip away? Because Limerick, like, is there any, what's, what am I trying to say to you? <laughs> is there any consequence to a city and a county voting for something in the plebiscite and then it not happening. Is that something that can just happen? Because it hasn't happened in my lifetime. I've never voted for something in a plebiscite. And let's face it, Stephen, we're not, we're not that young. So <laughs> my very long question is, is this something that you, you feel will happen or might just get so, allowed to drip away? Well, in, 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 uh, plebiscites have been set aside before. Um, very often, not very often, but every so often, the people vote in their wisdom and they're told, do it again. Um, so that's happened in two European referenda, um, okay. referendums. Uh, it's, it's happened in a number of, of um, constitutional changes. Uh, I'll give you one example just because it's, it, it's, it's top of mind. Um, uh, the, the, the vote, there was a vote in 1978, uh, to extend the franchise of the, uh, university. So to, when you, when you vote in the Senate, uh, campaign, um, you, so I'm a graduate of Trinity of Ireland, so I can vote in the, for senators in both of those. I have two different so types of vote. Sorry, just to clarify, the, your sound dropped for one second there. So you said you went to Trinity. Yeah. That just disappeared for a second. Oh, sorry. Yeah, and yeah. So that gives yeah. you a Senate vote. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I can vote in the Trinity elections. And I went to the National University of Ireland, Galway. So I have a vote in the NUI panel as well. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of like super anti-democratic. I'm a, I'm a single citizen. I have two different votes. Now, if I was a councillor as well, I would have my Trinity votes, my send my, my trinity votes my nui votes and my councillor votes and if i was a td i would have my trinity votes my NUI go you know you can vote differently again and if i was a minister again differently like it's ridiculous but wow. if i was a graduate of the university of limerick i have no votes and uh dcu have no votes and the reason is uh it wasn't there they're, they're not mentioned in the in the in the act because they didn't exist before, uh, 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 when they were written, so um, there was a uh, there was a, a, a an amendment to the constitution to 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 change these the, the Shannon voting rules, and this happened when we were born, you and me, yeah. And the political system went, yeah, nah, nah, and so a a, a University of Limerick graduate, mm. fantastic guy called Tomas. His name will come to you in a moment. Uh, went to the Supreme Court and and said, "My rights as a citizen are being infringed. I'm a graduate of the University of Limerick. 
under the under this law, uh, uh, the franchise should be extended to me and people like me and people in DCU. And the uh, Supreme Court agreed, of course, and said, we command the Oireachtas to extend the franchise. And so in the next Shannon elections, graduates of the University of Limerick and Mary I and uh, 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 DCU and, you know, all the colleges, t the TUs, will now be able to vote in the elections, which is still quite anti-democratic, if you think about it. It still not is, great. yeah. It's not great. <laughs> so when did that happen? When did that guy do that? That happened about a month ago. Okay, no, because it's a slight bone of contention in our house, because I went to NU, I did a master's in NUIG, so I get a, a shunned vote, yeah. but Jenny went to University of Limerick, so yeah. Um, so, okay, so are you saying <laughs> we just need to agitate to make sure this happens, or? Well, I, 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 there's a question over whether you need a, you, Tomas Hennigan was the man's name. There's a question mm -hmm. over whether you need to have us an upper chamber, right? And now the people voted um, about 10 years ago now to keep it. Oh, the Shannon, yeah. There was a campaign to abolish the Shannon and the people voted to keep it, mm -hmm. which is a bit crazy, but sure, fine. Um, they decided to do that. Um, sorry, and I also got the, the year wrong. It wasn't 1978. Uh, it was 1979. Okay, <laughs> uh, so we were one. We yeah, were one year old. Yeah, yeah we were... We were or mere babies. Mere babies. But yeah, absolutely. Um, sorry, I, I was thinking more about the the direct the directly elected mayor. Um, is so the point is they could set it aside. They could. Of okay. course they could. They, they they could easily. And a new government a new government only has a certain amount of time, a certain amount of uh, legislative headspace. It can only get through a certain number of bills and it has to make choices. And yeah. uh, one of the things that people don't know, or, or they rarely know, is that at the end of every call, the bills that are on the cards are, 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 that are in the process of that doll fall. They just disappear. That's it. They go. They go away. You can take them up again, um, but they go away. A, a, a good example of this is actually um, the Higher Education Authority Act. Mm -hmm. So this this bill was started uh, in the twenty eighth doll, and it was enacted in the thirty second doll. So nearly fifteen years wow. to go from drafting to creation to actually being the law of the land. Yeah, which is pretty crazy, you know. Um, but that's how it works. So yeah. obviously, when we talked about this first, you were quite keen for it to happen. You were, yeah. you were, you were. You were yeah. incensed, I would nearly say. Do you I was feel really very... pissed off. I think that was yeah. That was yeah. I, I I was worried that it would be set aside. Um, I was also I was also worried about the fact that I'd been speaking to people at the time that what they were saying to me was like, "Ah, sure, look, it's not that important. Look, sure, they they'll do whatever they want. It doesn't matter. The 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 vote didn't matter because the powers of the office are irrelevant." The vote didn't matter because the people up in Dublin won't give us the powers that we voted for. The vote didn't matter because we were, you know, if we get, if we get somebody, we'll just get some Jackie of a celebrity, you know, 
and we'll just be there, you know, and they'll just, they'll just get paid and nothing will change. So a lot of it, a lot of my agitation here is about the actual practice of democracy. Mm. People need to see that when they vote, the vote matters. Yeah. Something changes. Now, mm. now lots of stuff can go wrong. Like you can still vote a donkey in. I mean, the people of London voted for Boris Johnson, right? That was a yeah. poor choice. He did nothing. He made things actively worse. Um, and he, he used, he used the mayor, the mayor of London as a stepping stone to the prime minister's office. The, the, there's loads of reasons why this could go wrong. You could hire, you could vote for a very popular, say somebody who's like big in sports, you know, mm -hmm. who just, who has a, who has great success in the sporting realm, but it's a very different job, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and you could vote for somebody who's a career politician who maybe is at the end of their political, political career and who just kind of wants to put the feet up. And so you, mm -hmm. then you get somebody who isn't really who's who might be who might be experienced they might be able but they just don't want to put in the arts because it's going to be a very tough job and this is it it's a tough job it like ideally it's a very engaged job and real change can be made and lives can be really affected and mm -hmm. um i mean i know for the age i am having lived left limerick come back a number of times it's my home now a long time um we often use the smoking ban as the example of one big one small act with huge ramifications and yes i i certainly saw it like nine years ago my god um we had city of culture which you know actually had a, a tremendous effect on the city and mm -hmm. there's still ripples now and you have we have a film studio in castle troy it all like there's so many things that got built on to the point that you almost aren't seen anymore because they're expected and like in a good way the yeah. way you should expect things to be of a certain standard are certain certainly for artists for certain facilities to be available um you know for example ju just a small example would be bell table has like rehearsal studios hot desks uh yes. there's artist apartments i mean I remember being in a meeting in Galway amongst artists and they were saying it would be great to have rehearsal rooms and apartments. And I was like, Oh God, we have those now. It could all be better. Yeah. Always it could be better. But mm -hmm. that was stuff that was the result of a, a big social, cultural bunch of events happening and, and kind of having to happen in 2014, whether, yeah. they, whether it was wanted or not. Um, exactly. but, but a lot of incredible work was made. A lot of incredible connections mm -hmm. are made and a lot of dots were connected. Um, what's my, my point is uh, this, things change slowly, but also a lot can change with a, a strong focus. Do you, do you mean like one strong action or yeah. a, a strong policy being made, like for better or for worse, obviously, yep. let's be clear. Um, but what, what am I saying? I am saying that, um, I suppose there's an opportunity here mm -hmm. and for that seems to be slipping away and it doesn't seem to be clear how, and so this is where, okay, I wanted to stop being so hypothetical and abstract and conceptual. 
is there anything that can be done by anyone listening who lives in the city or county of Limerick or someone even who has an interest? Is there anything they can do to agitate so that this doesn't slip away? Because oh, yeah. Yeah. So I think the first, the first thing to do, and it is an extraordinary act, it, it, and, and it, we actually talked about this the last time. It, yeah. Call your TD. TD. Okay. Call your TD. Your, your, there, there are a number of TDs for Limerick in this area. You will be amazed. About 50% of the time, they'll just pick up the phone. Right. And another thing that maybe people don't realize, or maybe they do know, is that most of the offices of TDs are actually staffed by their families. Mm -hmm. um, this is, this is often seen as a practice of corruption. It is not. Um, the, it, it really isn't. Um, the reason, the reason that it's done this way is the TD really needs somebody they can trust. Um, and, uh, typically speaking, these jobs are incredibly underpaid. Um, and they're very hard and you're dealing with people, um, in, 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 in really extreme situations. So, you know, the TD offices are very strange places. It's, it's hard to describe what they're like. To most people, it's sort of a combination of a of a uh, a GP's office and a, I don't know a motor tax filling. <laughs> it's very strange. You just need to go into them. But if you ring them, if you ring them, you're going to get through to them or people who like literally live with them, um, and you're going to say, "Listen, I, I'm really worried about the directly elected mayor." Their phone numbers, most of the time, their mobile numbers are available on on the internet. Right. You can just call them or email them. Mm. I'm really worried about this. I don't, you know, reach out to TDs very often or, you know, especially if you're the kind of person who doesn't reach out to TDs, TDs very often. And I, I would be one, I, you know, I've written, I think, to, to TDs twice in my life, mm. um, um, just as a, as a citizen. Um, and uh, both times were about this, you know, really? yeah, I'm, I'm not from, I'm not from Limerick. Um, I, I, uh, but I lived here now for nearly twenty years, and I I'm not going anywhere. So you know, I I I am invested literally in this place, and I want it to be better. And my very 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 strong thoughts on this are that if you speak to your TDs and, the, and you say to them, "I want this to happen," um, uh, you can also email. Uh, uh, the other uh, thing that is important now is we actually have a, a minister from Limerick. Uh, Kieran Donnell, who's in the Department of Housing and Local Government, um, and so he's a Limerick TD. So you can just mm -hmm. get on, to, get onto him, and be like, "Yo, Kieran, what's the story?" He's a very nice man, uh, and just say, "Look, what's the story here?" And uh, I wouldn't be partisan about this. You could ring your Sinn Fein TD, your Green TD, your Fianna Fáil TD, your Fianna Gael TD. Um, yeah, email them all and just say, "Hey, listen, guys, I, I want to know what you guys are doing to make this happen. Mm. Um, it's their job to legislate for it." Um, and and yeah. I think in Kieran's case, it's literally his job to educate, uh, to to uh, advocate for it and make it happen. And so that's what you can do. Um, it is a surprisingly powerful act. Um, and TDs understand that people are busy. They understand that things are complicated, and they mm. understand that when someone when someone who's kind of quote unquote to use their phrase, not a headbanger. They use the head. They call headbangers. There's, there's, in 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 the in the politicians' world, there are headbangers and non-headbangers, you know. Okay. And I guess I, I would be, I'd be a headbanger when it comes to fiscal policy, you know. Okay. I'm just, I'm just, I'm gonna say things like, don't spend all the money, right? 
But you know what I'm going to say before I say it because of my professional whatever. And I guess there are people that when it, when it comes to psychopaths, they're psychopath headbangers and so forth. So when you're sort of a reg regular normal person who isn't uh, obsessed about one thing uh, and you say, hey, listen, I, I just saw this on the news. I'm, I'm seeing that Dublin's getting one. I'm really worried about this. What can you tell me about what you're doing to make this Limerick mayor thing happen? You'll get a response because they understand that if you're annoyed enough to write an email or, or phone call or even drop into the offices of these guys, and their offices are all over Limerick. You know, if you're in Newcastle West, you could just drop into Patrick Jonathan's office. You know, he's there to serve you. It's not the other way around. So rock in. You, you don't need to make an appointment. Making an appointment will be better, though. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and just talk. And what you'll find, what you'll find very, very quickly is they will respond. Mm. Mm, so do that. Yeah. And I suppose, so what we're looking at, unless something like that happens, there is no timeline for this, and it might just disappear. Um, so the way I would think about it is, the, the the implicit understanding is that this will run at the same time as the local elections in 2024. Okay. Oh, really? That's I didn't know that. The, that's the, uh, that's right now the understanding. Um, but they, they'd be early 24, uh, like early June, early okay. June 24 is the local okay. European elections. So about a year's um, time. Yeah. Ish, about a year. Ish. Yeah, yeah, but now remember, we don't actually have the legislation that gives effect to the powers of the mayor yet. So okay. that's not good. Um, so we can't actually vote for that person. We also, the rules of the voting are contained in the heads of the bill. So, okay. Yeah, like the actual voting process is a separate voting process to the one mm -hmm. that, um, the one that would vote, that would elect, say, a councillor mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, so yeah. Dublin will be elected, will be voting in their local election, their next local election. Yeah, I mean, I, the, the question as well is like, what are the powers of this, this mayor, this Dublin mayor? Are they different from the Limerick mayor or the same? Mm. We don't know. Like, like, are, will it, will the Dublin mayor have power over transport? And the Limerick mayor not, you know? Yeah. We don't actually know this. Yeah. No, it's like, we just don't know. So they need to clarify this, um, but they need to do it kind of pretty quickly. Absolutely. So, and yeah. uh, then one of us could maybe run for the nightmare. Oh, <laughs> never gets old. Uh, listen, Stephen, thank you so much. I'm I'm not 100% sure when this go out. Um, shame myself plug as usual. Uh, it's Limerick Pride the first week of July. And on the 6th, I will be in Dolan's with the morning after the life before at seven o'clock uh, as part of Limerick Pride. So that's that's a show about a, a big a big political moment in Ireland, which was when marriage equality passed. Um, and it's a bit of fun. It's my own story, too. Completely unrelated to what we we're talking about now. Uh, in the meantime, Stephen, we will talk again soon. I don't know if you have any holidays planned or any exciting talks planned or anything i do so i <gasps> Go I, I have no holidays planned um i'm not going to take a holiday this year at all uh because as listeners will be aware i've just moved house and so i am poor um so uh, yeah ain't no holiday this year maybe 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 next year I, I will have a downing of tools moment in order to pick up other tools basically mm -hmm. um but look whatever i i i deserve no sympathy uh, i've made i've made my bed i must lie in it 
um, actually, that one of the things I need to do today is make a bet. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, no, really. Uh, but 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 uh, no, uh, I am giving a number of talks. Um, I'm going to Wales to do something called the Do Lectures, and the Do really? Lectures are. Uh, and I've 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 I'm um, I'm rarely um, I'm rarely intimidated by public speaking um, these days. Anyway, I'm really intimidated by this. So this is a okay. this is a this is a sh this is a chicken shed in Wales that has been running a thing called the Do Lecture for twelve years. When you say Do, do you mean D O? D O, yeah, the the Do okay. Lectures, and they that in order to, to in order to to uh, 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 get it's like a festival kind of thing, right? Mm. But it's very small. Um, I think there's just a hundred people, and in order to be allowed to purchase a ticket to this thing, you have to write a two-page handwritten essay about what you want to get out of this and how you think it will change your life. Oh, I love it! Magic. Um, love it. It's it's run by this guy called David Hyatt, who who is who is an advertising executive who decided to revitalize the town where the chicken shed is in North Wales <laughs> by creating Hyatt denim. And it's, it's the premium denim jeans brand in the world. Now, um, each pair sells for like 500 euros. It's an incredible thing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, it's worn by rappers and all that kind of stuff. And it's a, it's a big deal, right? It's all made by the people who used to run the denim factory in this village. So anyway, okay. He's an extraordinary person and just one of life's doers. Yeah. And so he invited me to come give this talk. Um, and I'm not going to lie to you, I am extremely nervous about it. Wait, did you did you not write the handwritten essay about how it's going to change your no, life? No, I'm I'm <gasps> I'm not going as a participant. I'm going to give the lectures. Oh, oh, wait a minute. The participant has. To, okay, I thought the lecturer had. No, to. no, no. The participant. Wow. Yep magic yeah. and so okay apparently cool. apparently after this um the, it's called the do effect about 50 percent of the people who go to this quit their jobs after this wow and when when's that happening um july the 6th to the 9th so i don't think oh. any, i don't think i don't think our three listeners can like go because it's sold out or whatever but that's it's what sold I'm out. I'm, and i'm doing and a bunch of other talks i'm i'm, I'm speaking up in dublin um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be roving around the country, giving talks over the next little while. Um, I need to start publicizing these better, but yeah. Well, the, anyway. well, this is what this is partly for as well. That's fair. That's fair. Well, um, but unfortunately, enough. I think our three listeners will obviously all be at my show on the 6th yeah, of July. So they won't be at your talk in Wales. In, so. the, in the chicken, in I, the chicken I, I, I'm obviously winning here cause I'm keeping it local. Uh, not all. Um, Listen, Stephen, as ever, delightful. And thank you to, I'm sure there's more than three. I'm sure there are. Let us know. Yeah. Give us a shout. Uh, get in touch. And uh, in the meantime, thanks for listening. And thank you, Stephen. My pleasure. And it's always so good to talk to you. You have been listening to Anne and Steve Talk Stuff, a Limerick Post podcast produced by Eric Fitzgerald. Theme tune is performed and composed by David Blake. Please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends.
You can now follow the show on Twitter at and Steve Talk. Get Stephen at Stephen Kinsler. He's a Stephen with a PH. Anne at Anne Blake78. That's an Anne without an E. And the Limerick Post at Limerick Post. <laughs> <laughs>